Hey, it's Deep Geek. Wanted to give you guys a short and informal show on privacy and security. And the reason I say it's short and informal is because show notes and editing is coming to a point becomes a roadblock to me making new content for HPR. And so I said to myself, I'll call in a show and not edit it and get out there quick and dirty like there's something not quite right about the uh, call-in system. So I thought I'd just record this and send it off to Ken. But this belongs in Privacy and Security series. And what I want to explore with you today and put forth to you and see if there's any interest in perhaps opening a dialogue on the usage of this thing is I've been playing with an old retro technology in the name of locational privacy, a mobile technology. Please don't laugh too hard. I went out and I purchased a beeper. Yes, a pager. Yes, you know what I'm talking about. The little stupid thing on your belt that people can call up and key in a phone number and you're supposed to call them back. Why? Well, locational privacy is the idea that you can go out into the world and sally forth and not have the man get a blow-by-blow of your location, which currently they, they can do with cell phones. We have a guy at the Hope Conference that gives a presentation called Privacy is Dead, Get Over It. He's a private investigator. Uh, if you haven't listened to these, I would advise you to do so. And the cell phone is a, is a dream snitch to have someone carrying around with them. They do analyses on which cell phones, which IMEIs stay in the same tower for prolonged periods of time and create lists of associations. And guilt by association is supposed to go against our legal system here in America, but it doesn't. If the FBI is drawing up lists of 1,000 people who are in the same conference hall at the same time and decide they're all evil hackers and they get, all get FBI files opened on them, it fucking sucks. There's no way about it. So the problem that occurred to me is the fact that cell phone technology, for all its robustness, for all the great things about it, happens to pinpoint your location and lock you into the nearest tower. Uh, it does that because it has a transmitter, a radio transmitter that sends out a beacon every 10 minutes. Or if you're O.J. Simpson driving in a road chase 10 times a minute. Yes, I'm not kidding. And it just creeps me out. I, I just, the idea that when I go to my next conference, that I will be on a list in the FBI's offices of computer criminals subject to investigation just freaks me out. And so the transmitter is the culprit. That's what's doing the beaconing. And I used to own a T900 pager, which is a Motorola two-way pager. And because it was meant to be used in hospitals, and at the time of manufacture, it was thought to interfere with medical equipment, you could turn off the transmitter and it would function as a regular pager. Reminded me that your basic one-way pager does not have a transmitter. It does not have a transmitter. It takes a little dinky AA battery, and it's not constantly needing recharges. It's not constantly telling them where you are. When you buy it again, you've got to tell the paging company where in the country you are. 
you know, I apologize to people who are listening internationally. I don't know what the pager situation is in your country. I do see some resources out there for pagers, but I don't know the situation. So I'm going to be talking from a U.S. perspective. But if you carry around a pager, the paging company does not know where you are in the country. They're just blasting it out. They have a series of, of transmitter posts throughout the country, and they turn on your state. Or, in my case, there's a conjunction of three states that are very close to each other in the United States that has a, a specific name. And, they, and, you know, someone will dial this number. They'll get the, char- the char- characteristic four short beeps. Beep, 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 you know, and they'll dial a touch-tone number. And then the pager company will transmit that to, via satellite usually, a bunch of transmitting locations, you know, maybe a thousand. And they'll all blast at the same time your identif- your your pager's ID and you'll get the message provide you're in the 75 square mile radius thing that you've told the cell phone company to expect you to be in most of the time and I want to dream of advocating to you giving up the cell phone I myself am involved with taking care of elderly and laws a slew of heart patients, including my wife, I have to be reachable in a certain way, mobily. What I am saying is that if you're a privacy guy, and presumably if you're listening to the Privacy and Security miniseries on HPR, presumably you're a privacy guy, right? If you're a privacy guy, what I'm suggesting is that you might want to look at carrying around a pager once again, as we all did in the 90s, that it will give you an important option you can say to yourself, for the next half hour or for the next hour, I won't be traceable for whatever reason you want. Not that you're going to do anything wrong, but you know, you're a privacy guy, you're moody that way. You might be saying to yourself, and hopefully the laughter has subsided at this point, you, you might be saying to yourself, didn't this stuff die? Do people still use this? Well, it turns out you have to separate the network, the data network, from the actual device. As a potential pager customer, you are but one of the things that uses the network. You will be sharing the network with a bunch of applications that keep the paging companies in the black and cause them to survive, and continue to make profits, and continue to post dividends year after year, even to know the user base has dwindled down to what, by mega corporation standards, or by national corporation standards, is nothing. A piddly few million people use it. But there's a whole variety of machinery that is talking to each other over the antennas of the receiving and transmitting antennas of the paging company. And it's so, you might be saying, well, is it viable in the long term? Well, let me just, you know, I've been doing the deep geek, which it means you read everything you can on the internet. Uh, that's, you know, something my friends came up with. Doing a deep geek on that topic. Yeah, I've been reading everything. There's a whole bunch of applications out there that are keeping the, these, in America, there's two companies alive. They involve a slew of things that you would not imagine, like networks of parking meters talking to their home base, talking to meter readers, talking to parking enforcement personnel. 
speed checkpoints. You know those little signs that say the speed limit here is 55 miles per hour? You're doing, and it blinks, 65? Yeah, that can be paged to a cop around the corner, just so you know. Anything that involves one transmission transmission hitting a whole bunch of things that have to be turned on, irrigation systems. Ever wonder how all the sprinklers on an 18-hole golf course get turned on at once? They don't want to run wires under that grass now, do they? They use a network. So there's all kinds of things that are going on out there that are using this, and you're actually buying a little slice of time to transmit some stuff to you. You're doing it with the idea of locational privacy. You could, you could be any place in the state. So the two remaining companies after the rounds of buyouts here in the United States are American Messaging, which is formerly Verizon, and USA Mobility, which is formerly Arch Wireless and Metrocall. And you can go out, out there to the web and read how, how these companies began buying each other out. In the end, you know, a nat- this is a kind of game where the national company makes sense because you can get paged in multiple cities at once. So people who travel around in a region, you know, it's better than having a local paging company by a local paging company. Back in the day when this stuff started, like in the 60s and 70s and 80s, it was the hospital owned their own paging system. The fire department owned their own paging system. And, uh, and they worked in that city, in that town, in that building. But now we have these things are networked. This technology is really heavily used by first responders and medical personnel. These are people who just can't afford to be out of touch. They're on call in a way that requires them to be reachable. And so they have to worry about what if the cell phone network goes down? What if this what if the switching system behind the cell phone network goes down? What if my local tower goes down? All those things can lead to a doctor or a cop, an ambulance driver, a paramedic not getting the message they have to get. So these people are carrying two communications devices typically, if not something that's managed by their local organization. And indeed, one of the pleasant surprises I had, because I happen to live in a French service area, I happen, I happen to live in an area where um, where I work, there's only, only one of the cell phone companies has a tower. And... The paging company doesn't work where I happen to work, but happens to work at my in-laws and at my computer lab. So I was very pleased to find out that there's a service available from both the paging companies called Message Carbon Copy. And what you do is you define the email address to the paging company of that you want a copy of every page to go to. So if someone were to page me, the paging company pages my device and at the same time sends an email to an address that happens to be my mobile text phone number for my cell phone. So my page gets copied to the cell phone. And just like you might have two disk drives mirroring each other's content arrayed away, array in your computer, and you get more nines of service that way, because remember, a disk drive is, what, 94% reliable? So if you get two disk drives mirroring each other, the chance of both of them filling at once drops down to 99.9%. It's the same deal with this technology. 
you can now have this important number, this pager number, get piped to both your pager and your cell phone. And the idea of both of these systems failing together is so minuscule you don't have to worry about it. One of the questions you might ask is, well, who's going to use the pager? You know, because people now expect to be able to cell phone call you. You know, I'm reading resistance from friends and associates about this. But you know what? If they have to reach you and you don't pick up your cell phone, guess what? They're going to go into their phone book and pull out your pager number if they're that close to you and they have to reach you. So don't worry about it. In the meantime, you may also get into having certain key pieces of information transmitted. For instance, you can have your a text pager, a text-enabled pager, will have an email address and an SMS address so people can text into and or email you in the form of a pager command and get you the message that way as well as the fact that you could forward select emails to your pager if you wanted to. You could write a script with ProcMail to cause your email server that you run to page you with, with things like when you get an email or perhaps you might want to make a cron job and get a list of emails that have come in during the day at a certain time when you know you'll be in range of everything. The form factor is fantastic. My pager is about a quarter the size of my cell phone. I'm forever leaving my cell phone in the car because it's just, it's bulky. The pager's always on the hip. It's always on. I've also had one other application that I did want to mention to you, my dear listeners. And that's this. I get very, very annoyed with voicemail. I suffer, like many people, from an affliction known as audio processing disorder, which means my hearing is fine, but my interpretation of words is difficult, especially over a staticky connection like a, like a cell phone call or something like that, or if I have background noise, it, it throws me. I am better off reading, which is why I often communicate better by email. Uh, regardless about what people who don't suffer from that think of me. And, you know, if I got people hanging up on my voicemail machine, I would drive into range, get on a parkway, you know, one of these one of these interstate commercial parkways with, with big trucks on it, right? And my indicator would go on that, that I had a voicemail. I would pull over into the curb because I have to type my password because I'm a privacy and security guy to gotta type in my password for voicemail and just to hear a series of people hanging up on my voicemail machine as my car get got gets buffeted back and forth by 18 wheel trucks going up the parkway i also got annoyed by robocalls too well guess what if people hang up on your pager number it doesn't page you and those four beeps looking for a numeric input, absolutely baffle the hell out of robocall software. So if you want, you can set up your home phone to forward calls instead of to your mobile voicemail to your pager company. For free, you can get a recording of your voice saying, 
Hi, it's Deep Geek, because that's what all my friends call me in the real world, too. I'm not accepting voicemails anymore. Dial a call number on your keypad now, and you will never have to deal with robocalls again for the rest of your life. So I'm greatly enjoying carrying two devices once again. And from time to time I say, now I need my privacy. And I'll peel the back off my cell phone, and I'll pull out the battery of my cell phone, and I'll leave my beeper on. And it's a lot like that scene in the novel 1984 by George Orwell, where Smith goes into the person he thinks is a co-conspirator, who happens to be an inner party member. He says, I'm going to turn off the, the, the telescreen for a half hour. That's what my life has become. I feel like that character. You can turn off the surveillance for a half hour. Well, dear listener, if you are geeky enough, you too can drop off the grid for periods of time. It's a little inconvenient. You're roughing it, comparatively speaking. But you can do it. So this has been Deep Geek. Do yourself a favor and go to DuckDuckGo or your favorite search engine and key in the words locational privacy and um, join the privacy revolution after the summer of Snowden, my friends. Bidding you well, good day. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike 3.0 license.